What is happening, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Talk To Me. You know it. It's the show where I get my friends to talk to me. And I'm so happy because we are on a run and we are on a very good run. Make sure you follow the, the channel, subscribe, do all that nice stuff for us. Because if you do, I start getting good guests on. Like this guest I got on right now, he was a no. I guarantee he was a no until he started seeing the subscription count. And he was like, you know what? If that many people are going to be listening, then all right, I'll jump on. Sabs, thanks so much for jumping on, brother. How you going, bro? Uh, you're absolutely probably wrong there. I didn't know how to use my own um, <laughs> Instagram account and give you my name. But um, I'm, I'm glad you have subscribers, bro. That's awesome. I'm, I'm glad you've jumped on, bro. This is exciting. <laughs> oh, it's a pleasure to be here, man. I appreciate you asking me. Um, all right. Before we do, though, I've got to talk to the people, ladies and gents. If you don't know, now you're about to know, I'm training to fight in a charity event on september 23rd it is corporate fighter 73 if you know bobby he came on the show a couple probably a year ago now and he jumped onto this fight program it's 10 weeks of training and then you fight and he said to me he goes you got to do it and that's exactly what i did so i'm getting knocked around i'm taking some punches i'm giving some punches and that's all for september 23rd i am fighting for uh what's the charity Starlight Foundation. I'm fighting for the Starlight Foundation. So the link's going to be below. If you'd like to donate to that, please do so. But that's Corporate Fighter 73. I'm so excited for it. And um, yeah, let's do that stuff. But let's get into this. Sabs. Let's do it, man. Thank let's, you for having me again. What's been happening, bro? Not much, man. Um, it's been a pleasure. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. As I said, I'm, I'm a bit nervous, to be honest. I don't uh, normally do this. I'm not very well versed in this sort of um, podcasting stuff. I'm intimidating to people. Yeah. Like, yeah, no. But, <laughs> but um, listen, it's just, um, how can I say it? I, people think I'm a talker, but I'm really not. I just, I think I I start to speak a lot when I'm in an uncomfortable situation and I do that and I talk fast. So I've actually, my, my wife gave me some cues and said to speak, to slow down, to think about what I'm going to say rather than to just jump into a speak 100 miles an hour. Well, don't worry, bro. We're, we're both very bad at it. So we'll get, we'll get there together. <laughs> I'm sure we'll do it well. And hopefully this podcast isn't too awkward for the ladies and gents at home. But hey, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is, man. If they, it is, it, yeah, then bad luck. Bro, nah. you know, when I first met you, I don't even remember when it was, but I remember like starting to get to know you and all that mm. at church. And thinking to myself, this guy is the best looking Lebo I've seen. <laughs> then I realized you weren't Lebo. And yeah, no, not Lebanese. I, I sound like one, I look like one, but I'm not, man. And um, I say this all the time. I grew up, I grew up with Lebos and um, I should say with, with the Lebanese community, community, let's be politically correct. Um, and I used to give it to them all the time. And I used to, you know, hang crap on them all the time. And then lo and behold, I married one and I still continue to give it to them, to my in-laws, <laughs> to my wife. And now I've got two kids and they're both half Lebanese, so i just got to bite my tongue. That's it. <laughs> nice. Well, you've got more right to say it now. You know? Well, you know, that's true. That's true. I just feel sorry for them. You know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, they, you're Spanish of some sort. Chilean. Right? Chilean. Chilean. Chilean, man. Nice. Um, yeah, so both my parents are from Chile. My mum's from a little town down south. It's called um, Ancud. It's a little island down south. And my dad's from the capital city, Santiago, man. That's awesome. Have you ever been back? I haven't been back to Chile since... I want to say 2018, but I'll, it's probably longer than that. Oh, yeah, maybe 2018. Yeah, 2018, man. So it's a very long time. I wouldn't even, yeah, know what it looks like now. And But yeah, but yeah, you guys are Lebanese, obviously. Yeah, Lebanese, born and bred. Your sister was just there with the family? Yeah, she was. She uh, took a trip over. I haven't been back since 2018 as well, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, it was before COVID. And um, that was it. Twenty twenty was COVID. No, that's bro. Put ten years on that. Two thousand and eight. Then it's probably the last time. What is going on with your memory, bro? I don't know. That's a really, full ten years. Even... What happens in ten years, bro? That's a long time. <laughs> really, you're not. Right. <laughs> the yeah. Kid, we graduated out of high school, bro. I think I got married, and I, was, I can't even remember. Bro, two thousand and eight. <laughs> two thousand and eight. I was in year five. Oh wow! That's All right. I got to get my phone out and do some maths here. Do you know what Go I mean? For like, it, bro. <laughs> um, but where'd you grow up? Where'd you grow up? Where I grew up in Punchbowl. Well, I've got a bit of a, yeah, I, I guess I grew up in Punchbowl, at Lakemba, when I'm, my, my, yeah, I was born, actually, I was born in Kingswood Hospital, right, so my parents migrated, migrated, they moved around a lot, right, when they migrated here from um, Chile, they first moved into a small place, I think it was in Condal Park, but then um, moved out further west, Kingswood, my brother was born out that way, I was born, 
uh, moved into a place in Lakemba. But most of my childhood was uh, spent it in Punchbowl, man. I grew up in Punchbowl, then we moved back to around Reesby, Padstow. So yeah, man, I'm a bit of a Canary Bankstown guy, just like. Are you, are you guys kind of big? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, we moved around a lot, man. We, well. uh, we went in Richmond, Campbelltown, Bankstown, Newcastle. We moved around a fair bit, but I always call Bankstown home. Same, same. And I always used to say, you know what, well, I can't wait to get out of the area. The area does my head in, this and that, one, two, three. Really, I love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's no place, like, you know, it is, and I don't mean this to be, I don't mean this in a bad way, but you know, obviously you look at it, the demographic, you think, this is such a hole. Oh, there's so many heads there. Yeah, yeah, but then you, what, really? I'll go anywhere, and it's like, as soon as I drive in through Punchbowl or the area, as you want to call it. It's, it's, it's beautiful, home. bro. It's home. <laughs> Mate, you got Manuz shops on every corner. Bro, how good is that? It's brilliant. You know, you the best. walk into Abu Salim, get yelled at by some old <laughs> Lebo lady. No, the best is for me, right? I'll grab something, and I'll be like, uh, and, and because I've grown up, like I said, with the Lebanese community, I'll be like, oh, hi, auntie, hi, I'm more, and then, but they start. You know what I mean? And then I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what they're saying. Do you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's all good. Nah. What, what was it like growing up back then in uh, Punchbowl? Like? Punchbowl. Listen, it wasn't always the best area. Mm -hmm. um, I guess I was, mum and dad did their best to sort of, um, shelter us from stuff around us uh my parents actually wouldn't so my parents got divorced when i was at a young age and uh, i think i was around eight years old so from 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 the age from what i remember from about four years old up until about eight yeah eight we lived in punch bowl and mm -hmm. you know you don't remember much you just play lived in a set of units and we just play at the back and that and then we legged it to chile when my parents got divorced Lived there for a little bit. Um, when we came back... Sorry, you moved back to Chile? I shouldn't say back. We moved... My mum moved back to Chile. She took us with her. That's sad. Yeah, so we that. lived there for about a year and a half almost. And um, went to school there from... Yeah, I had my 10th birthday there. So, yeah. So, just... I was eight and a bit before, when I left. Came... Had my 10th birthday and came back. Um, so, yeah, a bit, a bit over a year. And um, that was a good... That was a good experience, actually. It was good. I wanted to stay there, to be honest with you. I, really? Yeah, I didn't want to leave at first. Um, I didn't want to leave at first just because this was life here, you know what I mean? And um, What, you just felt like you fit in? I fit in, man. I really did. I, I loved it. Like I said, my mum's from a place down south and down there, um, it's, it was back then, I, would, I don't know what it'd be like now, but back then it was more of a country vibe, you know, people, it was like a, it was dead set like you lived in the countryside, you know. It was a small village, I suppose you want to call it. And then you, my mum had a farm, my grandmother had a farm. You know, I'd, I'd spend the weekends down there in the farm and it was, it was, it was, it was great. That's it was, awesome. It was great. So I, I loved it. You know, I loved, it was literally, there was no electricity in the, oh, in, really? in the farm, like in the town, yeah, yeah. in the town there was, but you know, so I, I dead set loved it. You gave milk cows, you heard the sheep, you actually work and it was awesome. Like, That's you know, cool. Um, and then we came back and you, you, back to your question, what was it like growing up in Punchbowl? It was, listen, it, it, it does sort of you know the the reputation that has it, it is what it is but i guess you you pick and choose who you want to hang out with and, mm -hmm. and where you want to go um praise god uh, we went to a catholic school into st jerome's mm -hmm. um and we hung out with some mates they were good and then we went to holy spirit after that our mates they, were, they weren't too bad man um they were they were good dudes good good guys you know um you know there was other stuff around us we tried to to um avoid it as best we could mum tried to shelter us dad tried to shelter us when you know when we got to see him and stuff um but listen it, it's like an area man you got to make the best out of it you know what i mean yeah and, for sure um, yeah I, listen oh yeah i guess i just praise god that you know we never ended up in you know back then gang so to speak yeah. or anything like that you know i guess it would have been easy to to sort of slip into something silly like that um had you wanted to or had you hung out with the wrong people but you know we chose not to. You know, still got into a bit of trouble, but... How do you choose not to? Because like you said, in that area, at that time period as well, very easy to. Um, how do you choose not to? So my brother was probably... Not not, not more of a trouble. He, he was more of a sort of risk taker than me. I guess, the, you know what, actually, to answer, put that properly, mum got us out of punch bowl probably at the right time. Okay. So mum, we, we grew up up until the age of 13, 14. That's when we actually started making mates and started, you know, whatever. And then mum, 
uh, sort of decided, you know what, probably time to get out of punch bowl just for a little bit. So we went to, not so far, obviously it was not too far, but Reesby. Okay. And then we still went to the same school, but it was just a little bit harder just because we didn't drive, we didn't do nothing. So it was a bit harder to sort of um, go back to where we were. Um, but how do you choose not to? You, you, you just, listen, my parents... My mum, they're, they're, they're Christian, they have a Christian background and mum and dad sort of instilled the fear of God into us and when I say the fear of God, it wasn't sort of, you know, God's going to strike you down sort of fear, it was that respect for God and knowing that God's going to be there to look after you. We didn't understand it, mm. right? We didn't know what it was or anything like that but we just, we knew that there was a God, we knew sort of right and wrong because, you know, my mum was a Seventh-day Adventist, my dad's a Pentecostal and um, they sort of, taught us what was you know what what god expected of us and all that sort of stuff so so for us it was a bit of a it was a bit of um it was a bit easier but you know it, it's still tempting to go hang out with with, with the boys and yeah, sure. get up get into trouble my brother and i actually we probably were our own worst enemies because rather than get into trouble with the with the boys or whatever we'd probably get into more trouble just us two yeah you know, just i don't know just i guess we always had each other's back so to speak and we just do silly things and sort of stuff like that but listen it was interesting it was good fun but um but yeah man i don't know yeah it so good fun it's interesting because i think when you live a childhood fearing god when you grow up fearing god yeah. it does mold a lot of your adolescent years and moving on oh I mean, for sure 100%. Your, your early adulthood whether it's a real relationship with god or not whether you understand it or not mm. you're living with a a respect that every decision you make is not just on you. Correct. And I think that changes the type of person you are as you grow up. 100%. Now, I'm assuming that you lived with that sort of respect up into your adult years. Mm. When does it become real for you? When does it become real for me? What, 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 when does what become real? Christianity, God, the whole, everything that they sort of tried to instill in you. Man, Christianity wasn't real to me probably only up until 2000. I guess I got saved in 2000 and I think it was 2015, I think. Yeah. So it wasn't real until until that age. And quick maths, I don't even know how old it would have been back then. How old are you now? 34. 34 minus 8, that is 26. There you go. That was 26. I told you, I'm not good. Um, Did I get that right? No, you didn't. No. <laughs> 26, okay. Anyway, yeah. whatever. 2000, so you're, you're 26, it's 2015. Um, so before that, man, I like I said, my, so my brother and I, we got taught, we went to church with my brother, with my dad, with both my parents up until they got divorced. And then, you know, mum sort of veered away a little bit more. And then she found the Seventh-day Adventist church. But growing up, we both went to, both my brother and I went with dad and we used to go to Sunday school. We used to go to Friday night services, Saturday night services, um, Sunday morning services. And um, we would, um, yeah, we, we would enjoy it. We would do all that sort of stuff. But then when my parents got divorced, I guess my brother and I, we sort of had this resentment towards God. And yep. um, we, we sort of rebelled in the sense where we wanted nothing to do with, any church my mom started taking to us to a seven-day adventist church and then i um my brother just there, there's a bit more history behind yeah. it all you know things happened in our family my brother had this resentment towards not just um he started getting resentment towards my parents too you know what i mean and is, sorry is it a resentment because first off god should have kept it together or is it a resentment because there was sort of looking at your parents like okay if this stuff's real like, why is it breaking a relationship up? Yeah, 100%, man. I, I, my, I was just telling your sister before, um, my brother my brother's in hospital the other night and he still has the same questions. My brother yeah. hasn't been able to let stuff like that go and I'll, I'll get onto that. But, um, yeah, it, it really is. It, you know, if he, he's still fixated it now, I had that same thought. Why is this happening? If God is all loving, if God is all knowing, why has he brought two young guys, two young boys into this world why has he allowed our parents to go through this torment, you know, this fighting and arguing, watch, letting these two kids um, fight, throw things at each other and, you know, watch their dad turn to alcoholism, you know, whatever. If this God is real, why is this letting this happen, you yeah. know? Uh, and then not just that, but, you know, you used to see, 
like you go to you go to uh, my dad's church, and not to this is not to you know rag or to um, uh, belittle any sort of denomination at all. You know, you, it can be any church, even our church. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. But um, you know, you you see people go there. They want they they. It's like they got a mask on you. They got one. They're one person that at church, but they're a totally different person. You know what I mean? And I'll, I'll use my mum's church for an example. Uh, the seventh. It was, she was a Seventh Day Adventist, and please, by all means, this is not ragging on the Seventh Day Adventist. It's, it's just the just, experience you had, correct? Just the, the seeing the people you saw. Yeah, you know, they 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 were, they were so strict about keeping the Sabbath. You can't run, you can't do this, you know. And then you just sort of see them in a different light on a different day, just because it's not the Sabbath. It's like, oh, you know, these churches are full of hypocrites. It sh- it shows religion at its finest, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Because it's it's a list of rules you got to keep, yeah, man. and you keep it when people are looking at you. You keep it when people are watching. Hundred percent. But when you know. All the lights are off here. Uh, I'll do what I want. Hundred percent. And yep. and I went to a Catholic school, and um, I just said enough's enough. When I was old enough to say, you know what, I don't want nothing to do with these churches. I don't want nothing to do with nothing. My brother made that decision mm. before I did, and I just said, you know what, enough's enough. I'm not going to none of these churches. They were a bunch of hypocrites. Um, I'm just going to do my own thing. And and, and as and like, as I said, my dad had taught me to fear God and respect God. And I said, you know what, if this God is real, um, my dad always taught me Psalms 27 verse, Psalms 27 10. And um, it's when they got divorced, you know, that's when my brother and I got angry and he taught, you know, we we got angry and you're like, you you guys are going to leave us, God's going to leave us, blah, blah, blah. And that's the whole thing. And my dad sort of taught us 27 verse 10, Psalm 27 10. And although your mother and father abandon you, then with everything, God will pick you up. And that always stuck with me. That always stuck with me. Um, And like I said, God... Dad taught, taught us to fear God. and um, But yeah, I didn't want nothing to do with nothing. So I still read my Bible. It meant nothing to me. It really, really meant nothing to me, man. And So why do it? Just because I did it. Habit? Just habit. Because I knew there was... A, I, I Listen, I believe there was a God. Yeah. I just, I just didn't want anything to do with it because I didn't want anything to do with the church, with a church, it was with people. religion. It was people. It was religion. It was, it was organized, yeah, organized religion. I didn't want nothing to do with nothing. And during that time, I started dating my now wife, Sadie. And, um, uh, sorry, where was I? Yeah, I was dating my, my now wife, Sadie, who's of, of an Orthodox background. Her parents are Orthodox. And um, one day she calls me. She knew, so I used to whatever. So she knew I was unfortunately in a life of drugs, alcohol, and growing up you know what i mean in my teenage years and then in my early 20s you know party drugs not that i was a, you know i wasn't into sort of heavy drugs i guess heavy drugs are heavy but um it was the standard it, like let's be honest like, yeah it's the social norm yeah. it's what people say oh no that's all right 100 percent. Yeah. to me it was normal listen yeah. to sadie i think she 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 nah she didn't she knew i drank a lot she knew i went yeah. out a lot i hit it I, I hit it well the party the party scene the party drugs um, but she knew I wanted nothing to do with religion. But it yeah. was funny because even though I wanted to do nothing with religion, I made it very clear to her that, and this is again, I was very stubborn. I was young and dumb back then. I was very, you know, setting my ways. And I used to say to her, I don't want my kids growing up doing this. I don't want them going part of this church. I don't want them baptized. I don't want this. I don't want that. I don't want nothing to do with no one. I made it very yeah. clear. Yeah. Mind you, one day she calls me and she goes, Oh, what are you doing? And she goes, oh, I'm reading my Bible. She goes, what? And she goes, yeah, I'm reading my Bible. And then she had no idea about my upbringing, about the Pentecostal church, about the Seventh-day Adventist church. And um, I explained to her all that. And then she just goes to me, she goes, oh, my cousins go to a church that sort of sounds like both of those together, but like... Combined and yeah, mixed was, and it, this and that. Yeah. yeah. And um, <coughs> not that it is, but in a way it is. Like, you know, they're conservative like the Seventh-day Adventist, but they're still more... They're not as conservative... You know what I mean? And um, I used to tell her about the youth, about the uh, Sunday school, and then I think that's what sort of related to... um, What she was talking about, yeah. yeah. And then she goes, yeah, my cousins go to that church, go to a church similar to that. You know, I used to go to the Friday night youth groups, and I really enjoyed going there, one, two, three, and I I literally said, baby, if 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 you're implying that we should go there, I said, I want nothing to do with it. I said, I don't want nothing to do with the church. I said, I've made a promise to myself, I'm never going to go to another church, because there are a bunch of hypocrites... I'm better off, um, better off on my own, just reading my Bible, you know, and, and, um, sorry, what age do you make that commitment or that stand? I'm not doing it. 
I know I'm testing your math again. No, I, 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 bro, I remember vividly because I was probably I made that stance when I was about 14, 15 years old, man. Wow. Yeah, man. So you make that at the ripe age of 14, 15. Yeah, man. And that sticks with you to your adult years. And it's all because of what you saw around you. Yeah, man. It's, it, it was all because I saw what I, Yeah, de- definitely. Because of what I saw, because of what I felt God let happen in my life. Mm. I, 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 God, you, even though I believe you're real, how can you do this? Yeah. How can you do this? And how can you let people be this way? How can you let people, you know, use your name for something? I just don't want nothing to do with it. If this is what if, if this yep. is what they're selling, yep. I don't want to buy it. Yeah, I don't want nothing to do with it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, finally she, you know, do what females do, nag me and. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. So, uh, Joe, can we clip that one out? Send it straight to Sadie. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, um. Yeah, she um. She got me to go to Faith Baptist. She she got me to go there one night to a youth group. And um, I got to know her cousins. Yeah. And um, she invited. They invited me, and I finally went. And I just was the whole time sitting there, angry. Like I wasn't. I wasn't a Christian. I was angry in my mind. I'm swearing. Fuming, huh? Yeah, bro. What the f am I doing here? Showing that on the outside or keeping that stomp nah, smiley I was, face? I was. I was wearing that mask, bro. I was you wearing that. wearing. Yeah, yeah I nice. Learned, I learned well done. Well. I learned how to use it. You know what I mean? And um. Nah, but I was really angry and I didn't want to be there and I kept thinking to myself, why did I let her drag me into this? And just while sitting there, I don't remember what the message was about, but it just I remember I resonated and I stuck and I thought to myself, oh, it's not too bad. The people are actually pretty genuine. These young people are pretty cool. Anyway, I remember... Sorry, sorry. No, you're I, right. want, I want to touch on that for a sec. So the thing that drives you away is people. But the thing that brought you back or caught your attention yeah. at least was different people. Different people. And, and well, now I know why. And I'll, I, get, I, yeah, I guess I now know, I know why. It's because I'll touch on that. But it's, it's, I guess, as we know, God will make a change in those people. Yeah. And, 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 he, and he makes a different presence in people. People that got, have God in their lives. Not to say that any other domination don't. But, you know, you, you see the love of God, the love of Christ through certain people. And um, that did, attracted me. Did you see the the real nature of it in her cousins? Was that yeah, what man. it was? Her, her cousins were genuine. They, they, they genuinely, they, they stood out. They stood out in the crowd and, uh, you know, hats off to them. They grew up around people like myself, you know, in that party scene who enjoy drinking, who enjoy whatever, and um, partying and having a laugh and, you know, swearing their butts off like I used to and, you know, you never heard him swear. You, you never heard him. You never saw him drink. Um, uh, they were great testimony, man. And they, they, it was good to see. It was good to see that people were different. And um, seeing them at church, they didn't change from when they were at church than when they were out in the crowd. And that was that was that was a bit of a it was an eye opener. Anyway, Sadie and I kept coming back. We bro, we were going for about two or three years, and then. The turning point for me was, man, I was going solid for about a year, bro. Every Sunday, every Friday night, um, still drinking, still doing my thing on the weekend, still partying, still doing party drugs. Um, I remember New Year's Eve of 2015, I think it was, yeah, 14 into 15. I remember drinking, being off my head, whatever. And then the next weekend, coming to church, well, not before that, before that, I beg your pardon. So before that, I'd always sit in the pew, in the aisles, and, you know, when they ask, uh, when the preacher's up there saying, you know, and it's smashing you, because by then, I was getting convicted, convicted. You're in the scene. I'm in the scene, The scene scene is real to you, I'm assuming, at this point. At this point, I'm going for a long time. Like, you, you get it at this point, it's just... You haven't let go yet, I guess. I didn't want to let go, man. I um, and there's a lot of reasons why I didn't want to let go, and I and I, that's one of the biggest things I struggled when I got saved, letting go. Um, mental note, I'll come, try to come back on that one. Um, you know, every week hearing the gospel message, you know, and getting convicted, and I felt like you know it's cliche. Mm. You know, you know those cliches like, oh, the preacher spoke to me this week, and how did he follow him around for the week? Um, 
But I would sit in my, I would sit there, and as the preacher would be like, you know, does anyone want to raise their hand just for prayer? Don't embarrass, don't be embarrassed. No one's looking. I would literally just say, you know what, God, not this week. I know you're knocking, but I got a party coming up. I don't want to be that hypocrite. I don't want to be that person that is a Christian, but still wants to party, still wants to drink. Not this week. Not this week. But I remember one week. I, th- I, I believe sure it was January fifth. Anyway, let's not just let's, let's, let's not do no. that. <laughs> let's not. Should I ask you what your anniversary is? No. <laughs> February twenty something. Uh, Sorry, but I do find that interesting. I mean, I I I love the teenage years. It's yeah, it sticks out to me a lot. And seeing the decision you made as a teenager to say I'm done with this because I saw hypocrisy, led your whole adult life saying no, nah, I'm done with it. I'm not going back. Mm. But then seeing real people yeah, man. brought you back but the thing that stopped you from making a decision was again hypocrisy saying i don't want to be that hypocrite yeah. i like my life but i don't want to be that yeah, guy man. that i hated yeah man it wasn't even about you know i just like partying it was i don't want to be the hypocrite yeah, that's it that's full on bro like yeah, that like, that's massive don't get me wrong i enjoyed it I, yeah to say that i don't i never enjoyed it i'd be a liar like it's 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 it's, it's what the flesh wanted bro it's, yeah to say that you know that 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 life wasn't good I'd be like it, it, it's a lie, but yeah, you know, as as the word of God said, it's only for a season, bro. It doesn't last forever. It's only literally for this this this, this fraction in time. Um, and yeah, man, one one morning there, funny enough, uh, uh, um, your uncle was preaching. Okay, <laughs> I, I was going to say long that, time ago. Yeah. Sorry, bro. Great. That's going to cause some drama. I love it. I love it. I, I love it. It's up to you guys if you want. Oh, to that's staying in. That's staying in. Don't you worry. <laughs> um, it was it was him preaching, man, and um, a lot of things that happened. <laughs> You're right, bro. Yep. Can't take you anywhere. <laughs> A lot of things that happened in my life. Brother, you ruined bro. me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mick, clip that one out. Put that everywhere. <laughs> Sorry. I've, I've made a mess. Yep. Yeah, all right, man. Um, a lot of things that happened, man. Like I, uh, as you know, I was in the police force. I, I had left. So I had left for money. I wanted to get married. Anyway, we can touch on all these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quick Mate, I'm loving it. Um, you know, I, I, I had left the police force at that time because I wanted to make more money. I was, I was, I was conflicted with a lot of things. And I remember the message, man, that day, um, and Charlie puts it out to, 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 to the church and says, who is sitting at the throne of your life? Who, what is in control of your life and who is in control of your life? Who is sitting at the throne of your life? And then he went to Mark and I said, where he, the verse what profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul and what and what, what profit a man but what what are you willing to give in exchange for your yeah. soul right and that stuck man and, and it resonated and, and i was thinking to myself who is sitting at the throne of my life is it me is it, is it the drugs is it the alcohol is it money or is it this god who has given me everything that i have and man it's stuck and for the first time ever and for the first time ever, man, he, um, when we were praying and he asked for people to raise their hands if they wanted prayer, and I finally put my hand up. That's and it. then, dead set, bro, I don't even know what happened. It was like, it was out of body experience, just, yep, yeah, it's there. Yeah, like, I, I'm not going to say it was, you know, like, yeah, I guess so. No, but, but like, that's it. It, 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 it was, wasn't like, bro, you're holding on to this resentment for so long. Yeah, man. It's, I, yeah. Something had to finally give where you're like, okay, Listen, I'm, man, I'm I'm a pretty stubborn bloke, but something broke me, man. And, and, and as we all know, when God wants to break you, he'll, he'll break you. And something, and, I, and as soon as I realized I did it, I was like, whoom, straight back down. Oh, dead set. Dead set. <laughs> That's anyway, awesome. I, I realized I did it. As soon as the final song came on, I said, I grabbed Sadie by the hand and said, let's get out of here. Because I knew someone saw me, someone's going to want to talk to me. I've seen it happen. Oh, let's get out of here. Anyway, let's go to the back door. One of the ushers, Peter Fahad, goes to me, hey, bro, if you ever want to talk about anything, let me know. I don't want to talk about nothing, bro. I left. That's so, it. So you're, running, off. so you're running away I'm from running that away. decision still? Oh, still, bro. I literally <sighs> cut him off and I said, I don't want to talk about nothing, bro. Thanks, man. And I kept walking. I got to the front doors, bro. Not the, not the main door that we use, but the other door. And, bro, I... Um, it's funny, man. So you can ask Sadie, bro. Like, we get to the threshold. 
I'll probably tear up now, man, because it, it breaks me every time. It's all good. I, I, I got to the threshold, man, and I, and I go, and, and, I, and I just froze, and I couldn't move, I couldn't leave. And Sadie goes, what's wrong? I said, I don't know, I can't leave. And um, she goes, what do you mean you can't leave? And I said, I can't leave. And then she goes, maybe you know what you got to do. Anyway, and then um, I said, no, nah, I don't want to do nothing. Like Dad said, I was still fighting it then and there. I couldn't leave. And then she goes, no, go find someone. And... Um, is she saved at that point? Nah, bro. But we knew, we understood the concept yeah. of salvation, man. We understood the concept of it. And she knew... Yeah, she knew what needed to be done, man. Anyway, and I went inside and spoke to Charlie. And anyway, he, the first question he asked me, and I loved it. And, I, and thinking back on it now, I laugh because... It, no, hey, bro, how you going? No, 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 yeah. no, wish, no, no wishy-washy stuff. Straight off the, the bat. Why'd you put your hand up? Wow. Straight out. That's awesome. And I just go to him and I literally just said, because I can't do this on my own anymore. That's sick. <laughs> That's it, That's bro. That's awesome. It's literally what I said. I said, I can't do this on my own anymore. You know, and um, at that point I knew, and he just, he took me aside and he showed me through the word of God, you know, how Christ died for me, um, how I'm heir to God's throne, you know, and he just showed me how through God's love, and through what Christ did on the cross for me, I can have salvation, bro. And how I don't have to be that hypocrite. How I don't have to make a change in my life anymore. I don't want to have to change. You know, that God's going to make that change for me. And, you know, and and praise God, he has. He, he, he made a change and, and it hasn't been easy. That day, I, I, I thank God, you know, I came to know Christ as my saviour. I got smashed along the way. Um, you know, when, when, when Christ said it wasn't going to be easy. It hasn't been. I've had my ups and downs in my walk. I've, you know, I know we it's not biblical to say this. You, know, you, you backslide. Backsliding, I suppose. You know, you, you, you continue to sin even though you're saved, bro. And even as late as probably two years ago, I was still drinking. I started drinking again. I went through a rough patch. You know, unfortunately, I, I shouldn't say unfortunately, but I've, I've been blessed with, with, with anxiety and a bit of depression. I call it a blessing now. I used to, I used to call it a curse. But um, I'll explain to you why I think it's a blessing now. Um, and as of, yeah, probably two years ago, man, I was, I was drinking again and, you know, delving into things I probably shouldn't have been doing. Um, same stuff I was doing, I was unsafe. But, bro, you know, having great people around me, godly people, a loving wife, man, it's, 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 it makes it so much easier, bro. You know, surrounding yourself around people that love the Lord and are of like-minded, man, it's... It, it's it's, it's an absolute blessing, man, and I think that's what's been different, man. And I think going back to your first, first question of how do you stay away from trouble? How did I do it back then? Thinking of where I am now. How did I do it when I was such a young, at a such a young age, man? My mum and my dad protected me with the word of God, you know, and, and, and at the same time now that I'm an adult, you know, I surrounded myself around other people who loved God and who wanted what was right for my life and for my family. You know, it all made sense, bro. You know, you know, God put us all together to, how does it say, iron sharpens iron, bro. And it's been a blessing, bro. It's been tough. That's awesome. But You're a grumpy. Grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry, guys. Mate, that is, um, um, and there's nothing better than crying about what Christ did for us, bro. Mm. And that's, um, I never, I never get tired of it. Sorry, man, I have some Bro, you suck, Dan. Go for gold. I can't, I can't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's another one there. Um, no, that's honestly one of the reasons I love doing this. But um, have a break. <laughs> have a break of a Kit Kat. Sorry. <laughs> We're not sponsored, but uh, hey, Kit Nestle. Oh, hey, yeah. You know, jump on. We love your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a good boy. You can edit that out, bro. No, but seriously, that's actually one of the reasons I love doing this. I love hearing people's stories. I mean, we've known each other for years, mm. and um, I don't think I've heard it so plainly and so deeply and and that gets me every time man and like you said there's something beautiful about what christ does in those moments and oh, it's how he breaks a person it's how he like it took years to break you down and and i don't and if you don't understand what i'm saying by that i'm not saying that sabs was you know like getting hammered but the lord just waited patiently and just showed you bit by bit what you needed to the point where you don't know why you put your hand up 
you you're so angry with yourself for putting your hand up. You run out the door. You get to the door, and Christ is still tugging at your heart. Yeah, man. To the point where your missus says to you, "Mate, you got to deal with this. 100%. Like this is so legit. Go yeah, sort it out." And then the Lord's working through the preacher that night, where he says to you, "Not, hey man, how you doing?" Or he doesn't beat around the bush. Yeah, Why'd you put your hand up? Let's That's get it. this sorted, bro. Yeah, man. And um, I actually remember that night really well because um, one of your cousins, I think it was Alex, like was just over the moon. Yeah, it was, yeah. He was he was losing his mind. He was so happy about it. And I just remember everyone just being stoked by it and stoked by, um, you know, what God did that day. Mm. But like you said, the Christian life isn't easy. And we weren't, we weren't going to go here, but if you're comfortable with it, I do want to go here. Yeah. Um, depression and anxiety are taboo. Yeah, in bro. the Christian circle. Yeah, and it's only been recently where churches, preachers, pastors have become comfortable with talking about this issue. Mm. And it's an issue everyone deals with. Yeah, it's an, and whether they like it or not, whether they know it or not, mm. we deal with this stuff. And it's a scary thing to deal with if you don't know what's going on. Mm. You fall into depression and anxiety um, in different ways. How does that affect your life? Why do you fall into that? And what makes you aware of the situation you're going through? Me. Now, I think I was, um, I reckon I understand, I reckon I've had it even before I was saved, man. And, and it's funny because I make the joke that I, um, I make the joke that anxiety and depression hit me the hardest when I got saved. Mm. And it's funny because, you know, it's meant to make it, you know, they say, you know, I can see chocolate on the screen. Uh, <laughs> That's what happens when you pig out, bro. You know, they say, you know, oh, you know, oh, you're Christ in your life now. It's meant to be easy. He lifts the burdens off you. And 100% he does, man. Yeah. 100% he does. It makes it easier. It makes it easier. But um, as a Christian, once you've realized what you've done, I think for me what it was is realizing what I had done and that I didn't deserve salvation right and also and i'll take and, and, I'll, and i'll backtrack i said i was i'll try, try to touch on it yeah um letting go for me was the hardest thing growing up as i said my parents got got divorced and um i was saying this to my brother the other night as well because i've always i'm the younger older brother you know my brother was always getting into mischief he's always calling me to get him out you know, I was always looking after him. Mum was always out at work late. Um, you know, if something needed to get done, mum would call me. So when someone, when I, when I got saved and someone told me, you know, the whole, let's, let's be, you know, cliche, let's, you got to let go and let God. Yeah. I didn't understand that concept. That concept to me was. Rubbish. That, yeah. Don't talk to me about it, man. Yeah. I've been in control of every situation. I'll sort it out. Yes. I'll figure it out. Yeah, man. Yeah. So for someone to say that to me, and I think, honestly, even though I always was an anxious person, when someone said to me, let it go, hell no, man. Yeah. I had nothing to go. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and to be able to do that, it was the hardest thing, man. And, you know, even now I still struggle, but now I, you know, try not to worry about the things that aren't in my control because God's got a better plan, got a bigger plan, you know. And um, I think anxiety hit me the hardest when my daughter was when my mm. first child was born, um, I don't know why. I think it was just something new in my life. It was, even though it was meant to be the happiest time in my life, it just it smacked me hard because there was, I'm in charge of this whole new person. I got I can't even look after myself. I'm going to look after her. I, I don't have a kid. And I'm freaking out here. <laughs> no, dead set, man. I, I, I um. I remember walking into the an empty house after Sadie giving birth, an empty house, and it was a small house, but it, when we walked in, it, it felt 10 times bigger, I had a little capsule and this little human in there, and all I remember is looking at Sadie, looking at this child, and we just both started crying, because we were like, what do we do now? And, and honestly, it was, it yeah, was, man. It was, it was, it was surreal, and... Um, I think that's when it hit me the hardest because I just, even though I knew I had to let God be in control and you know sit in the driver's seat, I didn't want to, I didn't know how to. Um, it was just uncomfortable, man. Yeah, 
I, I don't know how else to explain it and it, it just it was uncomfortable because I'd always known what to do or I thought I did anyway and to to, to, to let God even though I, I trusted him to be in control I don't know it was so surreal yeah. I, I, yeah I don't know how to explain it bro um no I get that I do because I mean you look at your life it's a life of taking care of business mm. for lack of a better term I mean like you said, you're the older, younger brother. Mm. Uh, you moved to Chile at some point. Mm. You're moving around. You're trying to stay committed to what your parents are bringing you up with. Mm. Then everyone lets you down and you say, nah, I'm taking control. Mm. I'm not doing this. You want me to be that? No, nah, I'm not doing that. I'm going to be right, what I want to be. To the point where you get saved, you become a Christian. You finally let God take that part of your life. Mm. You're still fighting that at that point saying, nah. Listen, I don't need this. Mm. But then you give in, you say, God, I'll give you this part. That's right. God blesses you, gives you more, gives you this big responsibility, this gorgeous responsibility. 100%. And you look at that and you say, you want to take that too? Yeah. No, no thanks. No. No. So <laughs> I, I do get it, man. Yeah. I get it. That's that's a personality trait that I, I completely get. And that would have been difficult. Mm. It would have been difficult to let God take that. No, it was, man. And... um. Uh, uh, how did I deal with it, man? Honestly, it, it went on for ages, man. And at that time, I was still in the cops, and um, you know, going to night shift, going to work in the day, and my paranoia started to sink in. I actually had to go see someone. I went and saw a Christian shrink, um, and she taught me, funny enough, a valuable, valuable lesson. And I was seeing it for ages, and you know, unfortunately, I had to start taking you know meds. I was on. Uh, Adivan at the time it was just a little raspam. It's it, because my anxiety, my, my panic attacks were so severe, I would literally have to pull over. Um, and I would just, oh, how can I explain this, man, without thinking someone thinking I'm suicidal? I would, uh, no, that's it. I would actually think so. I always thought, and this is probably going to be a sensitive topic. I, I, I always thought, you know, people who commit suicide are, are selfish. Mm. Uh, you know, they just all the things about themselves. How can they leave people behind? And my anxiety was so bad at some times, and my paranoia was so bad. I got to a point where I would sit in my car and I would praise God. I never got to that point. I was saved, so I understood. But I would empathize and I could sympathize with those who did commit suicide because there's no way out. It's rough. Yeah, man. They, you, you're, you're looking. Like dead set, I could I could empathize with them because you you you're driving yourself that crazy. It's like you want to scratch your brain, but you can't find the spot. How do you end this? You, there's no way out. Yeah. There's no way out of this black hole that you're in. Um, and is that just the the weight of responsibility that's on your life? It was everything, man. I, I at that time. Don't have to. No, it's all right. It's all right. Um, oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an open book. So, so, at that time, so my brother and I, we don't share the same father, right? Yep. Wow. Uh, <laughs> listen, a lot of people at church know. Uh, I think everyone does. And um, we, at that time, my biological father was, was diagnosed with cancer. He was, he was on the mend and then, you know, went bad and got given a short amount of time to live and you know I, he and i didn't know each, like i knew him i resented him he was part of my yep. reason why i didn't want nothing to do with, with with god and um at that time i was angry bro i i always promised myself he'd never have anything to do with any of my kids he doesn't deserve it and when i say god makes a change in your man when god breaks you bro he humbles you man let me tell you and i i don't mean that to to sell christianity down someone's throat or push it down someone's throat i mean it because he, he did it in my life man he gave me so okay when i got saved man i and and sadie can attest to this and he gave me this peace man like my, he, my, my biological father wasn't around right he you know and i don't mean to speak ill of the dead but he you know do you want to pay child support he you know, he, he he just wanted to be father by name, and that was it, really. He wanted out, huh? He wanted out. Yeah, man. And and, and and as I got older, he then he probably wanted a little bit more to do with me, but never tried. Um, and I sort of resented him, and I thought, you know, he doesn't deserve to get to know my kid, man. He doesn't deserve it. 
And then I actually can't remember why, but I remember talking to Sadie, and then Sadie's like, "But you're, but and I remember saying something. So, so we're talking about, it and Sadie said something about along the lines of, "But you're Christian, you gotta let it go, you know, like you wow. gotta, yeah, man." And and it was just simple things like that, and and then God broke me and made me realize, I do need to let it go. Like, how can I be different to the world? How can I, if 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 I'm holding all this anger and resentment inside me? And, um, but yeah, as I was saying, he, he, he was dying at the time and my, my, my child was little and yeah, man. So all these stuff's were happening. Right. And I just, um, yeah, I just, just my brain was going nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I think what helped me the most, like I said, I was on, on, I was on sleepers. Oh, I guess you call them downers, but is that what they call them? Depressants. Antidepressants. That's it. Um, lorazepam and, um. They probably wouldn't even help at times. It was funny because I, you know, I knew the word of God, you know, and I, and I saw what Paul went through, you know, caught of the thorn in the flesh. And as I was saying before, I, I found it to be a curse. And why have you done this to me? Is this the thorn in my flesh? You know, this is the thorn in my side. God, I'm begging you. I'm pleading. Take this away from me. Why me? I've been, you know, you always feel sorry for yourself, yeah, bro. I've been through enough. You know, don't you think it's, time to cut me a break let me be the father i need to be let me be the leader of my wife don't let me be this broken man you know we're newly wed we've got a new baby why me 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 baby poor me poor me poor me um and funny enough my shrink she goes to me one day she, just through one of our sessions she said to me she goes so you believe in christ i said yes they so said you believe that christ died for you and i said yes she goes, so what does your salvation mean? And it means I get to go to heaven. She goes, okay, so you believe that Christ is all-powerful and is powerful enough to have died for your sins and look after you and for you to and send you to heaven, but you don't believe that Christ is big enough to look after your family. Wow. Yeah, bro. That knocked me for six, and I sat there <laughs> bawling my eyes out because I knew it, but she broke it down so simple. Yeah. Right? And, and, and truly, because... You know, um, I was always, I always had this fear of, I guess, I, I, this fear of dying. Mm. But it wasn't a fear of dying because I knew where I was going. And I explained that to her. I had this fear of dying because I didn't want to leave my family behind. Who's going to look after them? You know, and, and um, I, I, I used to get chest pains and I thought, and that, that's part of anxiety, right? Yeah. You're going to have a yep. panic attack. You have you get these chest pains. And, and I've done every test under the sun when it comes to my heart. Like, unfortunately, I've paid thousands of dollars to go into these tube thing yep. in the bobs and yep. sit, lay there for hours, um, dying my blood to be able to see what's going on in my heart vessels and all this sort of stuff. Praise God, there's nothing wrong with my heart. It's I got told I'm wasting my money, but it was anxiety. all it was, was panic attacks and anxieties. And that was always my fear of dying. Sorry, that's just a side note, guys. Like anxiety does affect you physically, and that's a that's a the biggest uh, one, man. Sorry, the biggest one. Yeah, and it's um, it's one of those I guess those uh, myths that people don't no. believe in. That no, it affects you. It affects you physically. Man. It affects you mentally. It's it's a whole body. Yeah, thing. man. Um, I, I, it, it's what anxiety does to you. It, it's it's amazing, bro. It's amazing how the mind works with anxiety because it, it sends all these i don't know how it works but it sends all these signals to your body and it, you can your panic attack can come in so many different ways man like for me that's what it was i thought i was having a heart attack every time um i mean i'd get numbness in my left hand i'd get shoulder pain i'd get this eerie feeling in my chest and that's when i'd be like okay I'll start checking my heart my heart's racing 100 miles an hour i'm definitely dying how many times I've taken myself to the hospital? Yeah, um, it's 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 but it beca but it's so real. You, yeah, you, you can't talk me out of it. You 100%. cannot talk me out of it, man. Like there's, there's no chance in the world you can talk yourself out of it. But you know, uh, praise God, I, I've I learned, and this is going to sound so arrogant. Knowledge is power, mm. and I say that in the sense, you know, what helped me was. A, obviously the word of god you know the shrink helped me but understanding what anxiety was understanding the symptoms breaking it down um you know understanding how long a panic attack actually lasts and 
you know, it really doesn't last that long. 10 to 20. Not even. 10 to 20 is because it's going to reoccur. It's because you keep letting it happen. A panic attack can only last, they last up to four minutes, three minutes oh, max. The, anything after that is because you're letting it happen. You haven't well, that's what it. I read. And okay, that's what sure. happened in my life anyway, sure. right? And um, I might be wrong. I might be wrong. Yeah, so for me, yeah. Concept, yeah. So anything after three to four minutes, it's because you are fixated on it and you are letting it happen, right? Um, but it's 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 amazing what it does to you, man. But, you know, praise God, there is a way out. I mean, I am on, I do take meds still, uh, not antidepressants. Uh, I guess they're classified as antidepressants, but they're not downers. Mm -hmm. They're not, they're not, it's not like lorazepam or diazepam. Um, it's more to help my serotonin. Um, but I only go on them for about nine months for about, oh. so I go, so I, I was off them I, I, you know, after my whole stint with the, with the psychiatrist and all that sort of stuff. I saw the doctor and they prescribed it to me. I um, was on it for about maybe a year and a half. And then I was off them solid for about three years, maybe more, four years. And then I had a, you know, I started, told you, I started, probably did it to myself, started drinking again and started doing silly things and, um, you know, looking to, for a way out. Looking for a way out. Yeah, because I listen. I, it's something. I guess it is a thorn in my thorn in my side, and, and it's there to hey, stay. Bro, we all have one. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Like going back to that, sin, sin. Like hundred percent. And you know, we we give it more credit than it deserves. Yeah, man. They're all the same thing, man. Like, oh no, you're a drinker. Oh no, you're doing this. Or, mm. Right. Like, no, God looks at it the same way, and He looks at our condition. He says, "I got a way out." Mm. You know see yourself yeah man and then that's what was my way out and then i think that's what sort of brought on my anxiety back as of late mm. uh, but it was more towards the start of the year you know so i had to go back on my medication which is fine i'll probably stick on it for another six months for for now and then i was actually spoke to the doctor today um because i needed another prescription so funny enough he did tell me i know i stick it out for another six months and we'll reassess then and then we'll start winning off it but um but but um what was i saying going back to when i was saying it's a it's a i felt sorry for myself and it was always a curse why me me you know i i changed my mindset and not to talk about mindsets or anything like that it's all about the word of god for me right um it's all about i i changed i i encountered someone i can't remember who it was um but i encountered someone who was actually walls a cop I, who had anxiety and depression and I was able to share with them my experiences with anxiety and depression and I was able to take I was able to relate to them I was able to talk to them and just and just explaining to them and sharing my experiences with them help them deal with their experiences yeah, man. and then after that I prayed about it and I thought you know what God this is a blessing mm-hmm Honestly, as as, as, as as crazy as it sounds, I changed my my attitude and I changed my prayer from God, take this away, take this away, take this away from me. I did say I changed it and I said, you know what, God, use it. Mm -hmm. If God, if you can use my anxiety to better someone else, not for me, not for my glory, but if I can use it and show them what you've done in my life, whether it be through this or whether it be through my whatever, you know use me yeah and man as soon as i made myself available and changed my bro it's like god calmed the storm he really did man he calmed the storm but and he started bringing people and he started allowing people to it's like i was more open to it and it's like people knew i was comfortable with you know i was comfortable sharing my experiences and you know i was able to share and not that i've helped people but you know i've able to speak to people i've able to they, they 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 can relate you know now sometimes some people still call me and say hey man i'm feeling like this i'm feeling like that they just want someone to talk to someone that's not going to judge them and it, and and like and it's amazing because i get to share the word of god with them Amen. you know and, and and that's the most important thing and i really think that's what's helped me the most not gonna lie is realize that it can be used for something yeah man it can be used to to god's glory like you know, we always think, especially I did it, you know, I always love saying, God, why? Why'd you curse me with this? Why am I cursed with this disease? Yeah. yeah. It really was as a blessing. God used, God allowed me to have this. He didn't curse me. He allowed me to have something to be able to you know, 
help others, I suppose. Yeah, and sorry, bro, you got me with that story um, <laughs> because I was just paralleling what he did with me. Mm. Um, when I got into that car accident, it was yeah. it was rough. It was um, it wasn't easy, and I went through a period of PTSD, depression, and anxiety, and just seeing that whole situation for what it was and what was going on, and there were there were nights of terror, man, like mm-hmm. just not being able to go to sleep till four a.m. and whatever it was, but um again mindset i i remember the first night in the uh, icu and um i laid there and i just looked up at the fluorescent lights in the ceiling and i said um and i tried to reach my phone i couldn't reach it um i wanted just to talk to someone no nurse was in the room nothing i had tubes going down my throat and it was one of those moments of like i'm i can't do anything i'm complete i cannot talk to anyone but god and I remember lying there and just telling him the whole story, letting him know the whole, what happened at the accident, what I was feeling, what was going on. But then also saying to him, I go, I don't want this to be my sob story. Yeah, man. I don't want this to be one of those situations where people walk in and they walk out, just bawling their eyes out because this poor kid or mm. this or that. I wanted people to see you can go through something like this and God can make it the best thing that happened to you and um like you said um <laughs> i thank god every single day for that thing yeah, man. every single day because i cannot imagine what life would be like without learning those lessons man they humble you whatever lesson it may be i can't experience what you're knocking at death's door it's a bit different but it's bro but it's this it's not it's not because yeah, I, I get it i truly believe that the Lord uses different experiences to help people experience the same thing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you 100%. had those moments in the car where you were freaking out. Yeah, man. Bro, I had those, I've had those moments <laughs> sitting in my bed, sitting in the car, whatever it is, just trying to figure out, Lord, what are you doing here? Mm. But like you said, it's taking what he's given you and being able to utilize it for his glory, hundred percent, for his better. Um, mate, the amount of good that's come out of that accident completely outweighs the bad. 100%. And I can imagine the amount of good that's come out of what he's been putting you through yeah, has just shown you and shown us how great our God is. Man, he's amazing, bro. He, he's opened some doors. He's opened just doors in conversation, just for conversation, man. Like I, um, where was I going with this? Yeah, it's just open doors, conversation. Like even, like I'll take another story. Like a, um, I made it, when I so when I got saved, I made it. I I went back into. So I left the cops and then went back in, right? And that's when I was going through my whole depression thing. And I, I I when I got comfortable with it, I even the cops. I told them I was, you know, I had anxiety. I got comfortable with it. And um, uh, you guys comfortable with talking yeah. about this political correctness stuff? Go for it. All right. So uh, it's not actually political correct at all. So I, I worked at Surrey Hills. Yeah. There was a there was a the the community obviously is LGBTQ. I don't know how to yeah that. Yep, a lot of um. So I, I worked with a lot of um, homosexuals, of gays. So I was in the car with um, and then you was a Christian who'd gone through anxiety, right? Mm. And I was sitting in the car one day, and and we're talking about open open uh, opportunities here. And um, I was talking to one of the one of the girls, and she was she's a lesbian, and she goes to me. She she we were talking about what how my weekend was. I think it was a Monday or Tuesday morning. And she asked me what I did over the weekend. We we're talking about. She was telling me how she went out and one, two, three. And she asked me what I did, and I said I was I was at church, mm. to church on Sunday. And she's like, oh, so you're, you're she asked me you're Catholic, and I said no, I'm not a Catholic. I explained to her that I was born again Christian, um, and she, she asked me what a born again Christian was and what a Bible believing Christian was, and I, ex- I explained to her, you know, I, I said I got, I attend a, a Baptist church. I said, but we you know we we just believe what the Word of God tells us. I said we we surrender, we believe that Christ died for us, and and then she, I explained to her the salvation, pro- not that, the whole process, but I, I explained to her what being saved was, right. Uh, accepting christ and believing that he died for us and uh, that christ died for us for our sins and um and she goes so because 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 i'm gay that means you hate me and i i, I and i said no I, I said i froze for a second and i could and she goes see you do and i said no i said i'm taken back just because that's your mentality you think that's that what I, you think of that's me. what you think of me yeah. i said i'm glad you asked me though and she goes so do you i said does your god tell you you have to hate me and I said, no, my God told me I have to love you. 
And she's froze and she's like, what do you mean? Because, I, and she and she was comfortable to talk to him because, and that's, you know, thank God, because I'd spoken to her about anxiety before and she had had she, she had anxiety as well. And so she was comfortable to ask me questions and, and she goes to me, and that's when she goes and she goes, what do you mean, love me? What do you mean you love me? And your God tells me to love you. She goes, I'm gay, you can't love me. God can't love me. And I said, why? She goes, because I'm gay. And I'm like, yeah, and? <laughs> I said, and then and, and she's like, She's like, but tell me. And I'm like, okay. I said, do I believe homosexuality is right? I said, no. Do I think it's a sin? Yes. I said, but am I sinless? I said, no. I said, I'm full of sin. I said, I said, just because I went to church, just because I, I believe in the word of God, it doesn't mean that, you know, I'm perfect. I said, I believe that Christ was perfect. And and talking about opportunities, man, I got to show her that I got to ex tell her and explain to her how christ loves her and although you know she lives in a life that she chooses to live she's no i'm no different to her 100 and and you know i just and, and like i said this is we're talking about you know opportunities that we've had through our experiences and you know i don't i, I truly believe had i never suffered anxiety and she probably never would have you know spoken to me about it and then therefore she never would have known the word of God or mm. that God. I, I don't know where she's at now, I, 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 but I got to sh tell her that God loves her. If anything, you got to tell her that God loves her. Yeah, her man. conception of him is wrong. Yeah. And yeah. her conception of Christianity is wrong because mm. you're right. We love you and we're told to love you. 100%. And um, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Listen, before we close this off, yeah, um, I want to take you back in the DeLorean. And take where? You back in the DeLorean. <laughs> Come on, back to the future. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. It's our time machine segment. Um, I thought a guy your age would know that reference. Anyway, okay, so I'm going to take you in the DeLorean, send you back 10 years. Yes. You have one piece of advice to offer oh. a younger self. What's that one piece of advice? for this question. Oh, nice. You studied the show. <laughs> <laughs> and I know, honestly, and I didn't know what to say. Uh, 10 years. 24 year old. 24 don't join the cops i <laughs> know oh, I'm, <laughs> um, no, I'm joking i'm joking i'm joking i'm joking uh 24 year old me i like this question that stumps everyone it does eh? it's 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 because uh, even though i made mistakes i feel like god allowed me to make those mistakes mm. so Trying to think of where I was twenty four ten years ago. It's two years before. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> I heard that Joe clipped that one out, send it to Sadie. Um Okay. Um It's two years before you get saved. I honestly not to be so hard on it. If it's is it just a personal thing? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I, I tell myself not to be so hard on myself. Not to be so hard on myself and not to, you know, hold people up. Don't hold things against people just because they have that mask. That's awesome. Because, you know, you come to realize we're all the same, regardless mm. of Christians or not, because we all, we're all hypocrites. As we said, we're all sinful. We're all sinners. Um, don't be so hard on yourself and don't be so hard on people. Because they all have a, they all have a walk. They all have a reason. They're the way they are, and um, yeah, just don't always be hard on people. Does that make sense? Makes plenty <laughs> of sense, bro. And I couldn't agree with that more. Yeah, that's awesome. And man, I need to say thank you. No, thank you, bro. Really, man, I I can't thank you enough for your honesty. I can't thank you enough for what you shared with us. Um. I can't thank you enough for making me cry on camera 20 times. Um, I appreciate it for having me, man. Bro, um, be tough. seriously, um, what you, I can't explain it enough and I don't know if I'm going to be able to articulate it properly, mm. but what you shared with us today, um, first off, if you're listening, it, it it's going to help someone. I'm telling you right now. Um, it's helped me and it just shows how much anyone can go through, mm. how much we can go through as people how much we can struggle with yet god is gracious oh man he's long-suffering and 
no matter what your issue is, whether it be physical, whether it be uh, mental, whether it be emotional, he's there yeah, with his with his his medication spiritually, yeah, physically, and he's ready to help. Yeah, man, and I'm glad you ended it on that note because I don't think I um I don't think I emphasized enough on on on. I emphasize on what medication did and all that sort of stuff. So I'm glad you're in that because, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's all what it's what God did. In, it's what God does in our lives. It's what God does for us that He makes the change. He helps us. He is our band aid. He is our helper. He's our refuge, and you know, He makes the change in us. And yeah. It's amazing. And ladies and gents, if you are struggling with anything, if you are going through anything, please reach out. There are so many services that are available to you. You don't have to go through this stuff alone. 100%. Um, you guys know how um, how much this has affected myself, Stat, and um, everyone that runs this show. So, Sabs, once again, thank, thank you, you so much, bro. Thank Ladies you. and gents, make sure you subscribe to the channel, do all that nice stuff. Stat, I miss you. Please come back from Melbourne. We need to run, have a chat again. Thanks for talking to me, brother. Thank you, bro. See you guys. Oh. <laughs> bro, seriously. No, thank you, bro. Thank Appreciate you, it. Man. That was awesome.